this topic has come up on several occasions, and I kind of want to uh, clarify it and, uh, and help you guys in a struggle that I also have myself. So, without further ado, um, my childhood was kind of odd. Um, my parents weren't always around. Um, my dad worked 24-7. My mom was always out, you know, doing, uh, doing her own thing, you know, she did real estate for a while. She, she, was, she had her hand in everything. She was a very busy woman, so she was gone most of the time. And so a lot of times it was just my sister and myself at the house. And I learned very quickly that my sister had a temper and that her fuse was about this short, and that was on a good day. And I found out that there were things that I could do to put her over the edge and a lot of times I did that just so I could look like the good kid. And I would do that and I would be like, oh man, I want to look like a superstar. I really want that football or I really want, you know, that game. And so I know how I can get it. If I can only make her look like the bad guy, mom will think that I'm an angel and she'll get me this game. So I found out what it was, and I found out that all I had to do was ask her about her friends. And the thing is, is my sister didn't have a whole lot of friends in high school. She didn't have, uh, you know, and so, yeah, yeah, I see y'all laughing. So she didn't have a whole lot of friends in high school, and for the majority of her her. Uh, junior high and high school career, she just had one friend. Um, and so I would always give her a hard time about that. So I knew how to put her over the edge was to be like, hey, sis, are you going to hang out with your friends this weekend? Oh, and she would flip. She would just flip her lid, and she would just chase after me. One time she chased after me with a knife and, like, literally was, like, trying to stab me. And this is no joke. Like, one time we were in the garage, and she, like, pinned me down with a fork and was trying to stab me with a fork and my mom drived in and I'm like, yes, I got this one. And so it was wonderful. And so mom's just like, my angel. (laughs) And so, you know, I, I got whatever it was I was wanting. I found out what words I could say to put my sister over the edge. And a lot of you guys can connect with that. A lot of you guys have played the game before. If you have siblings, I know what it's like, and you know what puts them over the edge, and you know that if you just keep pushing and keep pushing, eventually they're going to push back, and you want to make sure when they push back, mom and dad are watching. Because when mom and dad see that, they're just like, no! Kristen, go to your room. How dare you talk to Carrie like that? That's right. This is, this is biblical, I promise. So... We all know whether it's a brother, sister, 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 maybe it is you and your best friend, you know what it takes to push them over the edge. Maybe it's a cousin, a niece, a nephew, you know what it takes to get them just fired up. With my sister as my friends, or with my sister it was her friends, and with other, other people I've heard uh, topics like boyfriend, Don't talk about my relationships. Some people are so hung up on celebrities that if you talk about Justin Bieber, I will beat you. 
Don't talk about the Biebs. Austin will flip if you talk about Justin Bieber. I don't know. But so the the picture I'm trying the picture I'm trying to portray to you guys is that we know what words to say to set someone off. And guys, what we're going to talk about today is words. A message I entitled words. Um, does anybody have their Bible? If you do have your Bible, turn to Proverbs 18, verse 21. If you don't have it, I've got it here. I can read it to you. Since we don't have our lovely uh, projector, I'll, I'll read them. So, Proverbs 18, verse 21 says this. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Did y'all catch that? The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. What was I doing whenever I was antagonizing my sister? Loving the fact that I had control. Loving the fact that anytime I wanted to set her off, Hey, sis, are you going to hang out with your friends tonight? Oh, yeah, you don't have any. Oh! And I knew she would flip. I was living with the fruit of the tongue. I knew that I possessed the power to say just a few words and set her off. But we find out that It's not only one way, because this scripture says it has the power of life and death. Words can hurt and words can heal. I was using words that hurt her. Much like a lot of us use words to cut somebody down, we use words to gain an advantage. We use words to make others look stupid and make others look like they are just horrible people. We use that. We live by the fruit of the tongue. And this is bad fruit. This is fruit that hurts people. And this is fruit that leads to spiritual death. But we also have the power to heal with our words. And we're going to talk about that. But first off, does any, can anybody tell me scripturally where do our words come from? We talked about Moses, right? We talked about Moses, how he was slow in speech and tongue. How he said, you know, how we know that he had a stuttering problem. But God said what? He said, you know what? I created your mouth. I'm pretty sure I can take care of your little problem. And he did. Moses went on to be a great leader. Our words come from the heart. Our words come from the heart. So if you're taking notes, where do our words come from? The heart. The scripture that supports that is Luke 6, verse 45. Luke 6, verse 45 says this, A good man brings good things 
out of the good stored in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the, the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Yeah, that can hit home with a lot of us. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. If you try to take on all of these bad things, and it's these bad things that you're seeing and hearing, they're going in, but what is coming out is a product of what's going in. Have you ever heard the term, the eyes are the window to the soul? It's true. And the thing is, is that what your eyes are seeing is directly affecting your heart. What your ears are hearing directly affects your heart. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. Once it goes in, it's in there. Just like that. Once it's in, it's hard to get out. You're just going to keep spewing more and more out because you're trying to get what you thought was wrong and it just keeps pouring over. It's near impossible. So understand that good things in a good heart produce good things that come out. Negative things and bad things that are in your heart force bad things to come out. So, we learned that. But then, we want to talk about a different side of the spectrum. We want to talk about God's words. If you want to know about God's word, there's a verse in Scripture that pretty much sums up His word. And that's Hebrews 4, verse 12. Hebrews 4, verse 12 says this, says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Y'all see where I'm coming together with this? Good things produce good fruit. God's Word is how you get that out without spilling a drop. God's Word is how you get the negative and bad things that have been going in your eyes and in your ears. God's Word is how you get that out without spewing over negativity and bad things. It says that His Word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to defining the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's what changes your heart. You want to know how to clean it out? You want to know how to get rid of all that stuff that's been going in? If you've been spewing bad things out, this is how you get rid of it. This is how you clean your slate. Listen up. 
It starts with God's Word. It starts with God's Word. And what you learn in God's Word is what? What is the main thing? When the Pharisees came to Jesus and asked Him, what is the greatest of the laws? What did He say? Anybody? Love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Love. Because love can enter your heart. The love of Jesus Christ can enter your heart. Clean out all the bad things that have been stored up for so long. Can clean out the cobwebs. Can clean it up and send it out. And you have a clean slate. And you then can start completely over with love. If you want to drastically change the way you're living your life today. And if you want to drastically change the way people look at you. Love. It's simple. Love. But Jesus, when He said it, said it in the correct order. Love the Lord your God first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Then love those around you. First, keep this connection Vertical, I've said it tons of times in here. Keep your vertical connection up and your horizontal connection will get so much greater. It'll get so much stronger. Because if this is right, this will get right. Good things come from the storehouse of a good heart. Good things come out from the storehouse of a good heart. Bad things come from the storehouse of a bad heart. So, God's Word is the way we can change all of this. I talked earlier about how words can hurt and how I hurt my sister tons of times because I would just antagonize her and push her and push her and push her until she would snap. Words are weapons. The supporting scripture for this is Proverbs 39, verses 1 and 3. Verse 1 says this, I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth in the presence of the wicked. You, you, you guys, y'all feel me on this one? Whenever people attack you, and I know this happens to everyone, it's not, it's not just one of those things, you're, you're not, nobody is above this. I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're the President of the United States, you're never, abru- you're never above it. People are going to pick on you. People are going to shoot bad things at you. Actually, whenever, whenever you're up on a pedestal, 
people poke more fun at you. People fire more arrows at you whenever you're in that place of authority. They try to cut you down and try to hurt you. So the higher you are, the more comes at you. But the thing is, is how you deal with this is what? It says, I will put a muzzle on my mouth while in the presence of the wicked. The thing is, guys, is whenever they're shooting things at you, what do we learn as Christians? What do we learn from Jesus? Turn the other cheek. People are going to slap you, whether it's with words, whether it is with, you know, literal, like physically slap you. People are going to pick on you. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to try to cut you down. Most of the time, it's because they want something that you've got. They want something that you have, and they're jealous of it, and they want it bad. Whether it's a position, whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, people will stop at nothing to cut you down to bring you down to their level. How do you stay above their level? How do you stay above their level? Exactly like this. I will put a muzzle on my mouth while in the presence of the wicked. When people are firing stuff at you, keep it shut. Keep it shut. This has helped me all my life. While people fire things at you, keep it shut. A lot of times, you can think about it, and what they said really isn't going to mean that much tomorrow. Don't react. Don't let them push you over the edge to where you snap. We as Christians are supposed to act like Christians and live like Christians daily. That's how we know that we are saved. That's how we know that we are different is because when we are pushed, we don't push back. When we are slapped, we don't slap back. But what we do is we put a muzzle on and we go, All right, if that's the way you feel, okay. Diffuse the situation. Walk out. Be the bigger person. Leave. Think about it and always ask yourself the question, is this really going to be this big of a problem tomorrow? Is this really going to matter tomorrow? Is it really going to matter in a week? Is it going to matter in five years? Is this situation really going to affect me in the next five years? Most of the time, no. Ask yourself that. And whenever you're pushed, put a muzzle on. Because you know what? That's what Scripture tells us. When in the presence of the wicked, don't fire back. All right. Next. Words can heal. We've heard about what negative words can do. We've heard about what bad words can do. But now we learn that words can heal. Ephesians 4 verse 29 sums this up. It says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Don't let any unwholesome talk 
come out of your mouths. Does that say some? Or does that say every now and then I can let the, let the B word fly? Or I can uh, just, you know, cuss somebody out because they cut me off in traffic? Don't let anything, anything. Why? What did we learn before this? We learned that what goes in is going to come out. And you know what? In that negative situation that you're creating right there by firing off at somebody, that's going to stick with you and it's going to come out. You know what? It says, do not let any unwholesome talk, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Oh, how many of us do that right now? Every word that comes out of your mouth builds somebody else up. Anybody? Anybody else? Exactly. Guys, we're not perfect and we realize that. And that's good. If I had a bunch of people raise their hands, I would have my hands full. So here's the thing, guys, is that everything, this is, this is the truth. We need to push and we need to strive to better ourselves to where everything that comes out of our mouths is helpful and it benefits others and lifts others up. If someone fires something bad at you, now you have something in your tank. My parents used to have me, whenever I would do stuff like that to my sister, say five nice things. Yeah. I would have to stand face-to-face with her and, t- and say five nice things. And a lot of times I would just be like, your shoes are pretty. Your, your shirt is very nice. And your hair is brown. And, you know, and so I would just anything. And so my mom would make me stop and say five nice things. That is a good practice, y'all. It really is. You might laugh at it, but that's a good practice. I'm not telling you next time somebody throws off the F-bomb at you to stand there and go, you have very nice hair. You have beautiful eyes. Your shoes are perfect and your smile is amazing. No, I'm telling you to be, to be cautious of this, but to think. Think before you fire off. Think before you say a single word. Put a muzzle on it. Think and think of what is this going to affect me in the long run? Is this really worth it? Are these words that I'm about to say really worth it? Because you know what? I might say something to this guy. This guy may go home and do something crazy. I know a guy that that happened to. I went to school with a guy named Brad who was just a very interesting guy. And he who's popular and had all the girls. And one day, this guy named Logan, who was not so popular, walked up to him. And was like, hey, Brad, do you want to hang out sometime after school? And 
Dan or and and Brad said to Logan, he goes, Logan, I wouldn't hang out with you if you were the last person on earth. He said, honestly, the thought of hanging out with you makes me cringe. He said, never, Logan. And he walked on. He never saw Logan again. Logan actually, he dropped out of school and never came back. That was the last time we ever saw Logan. Words can definitely hurt. But what would happen? What would happen? Just what if? If Brad would have stopped and said, you know what? Is this really going to be worth it in the long run? Maybe I don't want to hang out with him. But I can say, you know what, Logan? Maybe not this time. But... Maybe another time, man, but that, that's great. Thank you for asking me. There's a way to handle this situation. There's a way to diffuse it instead of snapping on somebody. Words can hurt and words can heal, but the way that we heal others is by thinking of good things about them. Like I said, try to think of five nice things. Anytime, just practice this. When you leave this place, anytime in your head, when you approach somebody and you're having a conversation, start to think about good things about that person. Don't think of the negative. Don't think about what else is going on that you want to say to this person. Think of five nice things that you could say about that person. You don't have to say all five things, but let one of them out. Let one of them out. Somewhere in that conversation, let one out. It might just be like, hey, you look beautiful today. I'm sorry, guys, but a lot of times, guys, and the way that y'all are thinking this, think of it like this. They are a beautiful person. Man, you look beautiful today. Thank you. They're not going to slap you. They're not going to try to cut you down or anything. I promise. Ladies, be like, guys, what you said was so intelligent. This blows guys' minds. The majority of what we say is not intelligent. Just say, what you said was the most profound thing I've ever heard. Don't be sarcastic. Don't be sarcastic. No, I'm being for real, though. Say something nice. Think of five nice things whenever you see somebody. Think of five nice things about them. And somewhere in that conversation, let one fly. It will change your life. I promise you, it will change your life. I say this because I found out later on. I talked to my sister. And I said, you know what? You're not the most approachable person in the world. That's probably why you don't have many friends. She goes, what are you talking about? And stop talking about my friends. I said, sis, if you were just nicer to people, they would think you were human. And this, and really it sunk in. And she goes, but how, how so, what am I supposed to say to people? 
And I told her that. I said, sis, whenever you approach somebody, I said, don't cut them down like you normally do. Don't cut them down. Don't be like, oh, get away from me, you little sick people. My sister, she was, she was popular, but she was popular because every guy in the entire school was after her. She only had one friend, but every guy in the entire school was just like, oh, my gosh, Mark, your sister's so hot. It's like, shh. But anyway, she was that kind of unapproachable person who was just like, get away from me, you weirdos. And so I told her, I was like, Sissy, say something nice and make eye contact. This goes a long way. Just be like, hi, it's very nice to see you today. Wow, I'm actually looking at you, and you know I'm talking to you. This is amazing. It goes a long way. Guys, say something nice. Let one nice thing fly, and it will change your world. All right. Before we get out of here, I want to know what you guys think about this entire situation. Where, where do you stand right now? I asked you at the beginning of service to think of one time that you cut somebody down and you're still, you've got it. Is everybody still, you still got it? You're still holding on to it? All right. Now, with what you know and what we talked about tonight, snap back into that situation and what do you think would be the results of that? If you would have stopped and gone, you know what? I don't think that this is worth it. I'm not going to say anything. First, put a muzzle on it. Remember? Put a muzzle on it. Don't fire off. Listen. It's really good. Listen to people. They love it. Listen. And then think about what you're fixing to say. This is a new concept. Think about it. Understand that what you say affects them. Just like with Logan, what Brad said to Logan affected him and is now going to affect him for his life. The kid dropped out of school. Just a situation like that. He made a drastic change and said, you know what? I don't even want to go to school anymore. I'm done. And he dropped out. I'm trying to where Logan's at now. But the thing is, is if Brad would have thought, and if he would have said, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. And if he would have thought of five nice things to say about Logan, five nice things, and just said one of them, and said, you know what, Logan? Man, I love, I love, I love your shirt. Your Superman shirt is awesome. Anything, if he would have said anything but what he said, his Logan's future would have been changed, would it not? Y'all agree? Put yourself in that situation. Think of that situation that you were in and drastically change the way that you do life right now. Let's pray and go to God in prayer.